Welcome to Daily Devoted. My name is Meshach Canyon, and this podcast was created to help people dive into the Word of God uh, briefly every single day. So far, we've just been looking at the book of Acts and working our way through that. But in today's episode, I wanted to divert a little bit because we're in a time of year where something important is happening in a lot of households. Namely, it's a back-to-school season. My kids go back to school uh, this week, and so we're, we're, we've been preparing We've been doing all the, the shopping, all the meeting the teachers, all that stuff. And in this video, I want to discuss a way that we can uh, prepare to send our kids to school uh, that many people don't really consider. It's not on a checklist that the schools send out, but if you are a disciple of Jesus, I think it should be on uh, your checklist. So I'm making this video, and I'll also be making some future videos that address some of the things that were uh, happen that are happening in our lives. and to try to help us respond to those things um, in ways that bear witness to our faith and bear witness to our identity as children of God. So the passage I want to look at briefly, and it will be brief, uh, is Mark chapter 10, verses 10, excuse me, verses 13 through 16. And let me just read it real quick. And they were bringing children to him, meaning Jesus, that he might touch them and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Now, what do we, what do we learn from this? Well, we learn that bringing children to Jesus is one of the most important things that we can do. But we also learn that frequently children are hindered from coming to Jesus. That's what I want to focus on first. How do we hinder children from coming to Jesus? Well, the disciples did it in a really forthright way. And we shouldn't get the impression that the disciples were mean. What the disciples are doing reveals the fact that they think that Jesus has important business and they view children as being unimportant business. And so they're actually trying to care for their teacher but they misunderstand the heart of Jesus. In that time, children were to be seen and not heard in ways that go beyond uh, uh, that, that quote in our day. And the disciples are just responding to what they know culturally. Uh, the little children typically didn't have anything to do with important rabbis, and Jesus was a very important rabbi. Now, for a lot of us, that's not how we hinder children from coming to Jesus. Now, there are a few people who are... Um, who oppose Christianity, they oppose organized religion, they oppose Jesus Christ. And so maybe there are some people uh, like that who, uh, who don't think that bringing children to Jesus is a wise course of action. I don't think those people are watching this video. If you are, then you're welcome here. God bless you. What are the ways that the majority of Christians hinder children from coming to Jesus? Well, from my observation, and this includes my own life, one of the ways we hinder children from coming to Jesus is by engaging the children in so many other things. We're bringing them to so many other things other than Jesus. And if you're like me in my household, your schedules are filled with so many things from fall sports are starting now, uh, all these extracurricular activities. Children are busier now than they've ever been in human history. And they're busy with with great opportunities. So don't hear me saying that the things that they're engaged in are bad. 
all I'm suggesting to you is as they're engaging in those things, we ought to also um, highlight the importance of that engagement taking place under the blessing of Jesus. So we shouldn't replace one for the other. We shouldn't say, um, oh, we're so busy that we can't pray. But like Martin Luther was famously uh, quoted as saying, I'm so busy that I have to prioritize praying. So let me just share uh, briefly a few strategies for parents and for students and and for teachers and administrators so that you can learn how to uh, present children or present yourself to Jesus on a regular basis. So for parents, when I was growing up, I remember um, my dad, uh, my dad was a minister. Both my parents were ministers, but that's what my dad did uh, as his vocation. And every morning before we would go to school, instead of watching Pokemon like I wanted to, I actually did not like this practice, but instead of watching Pokemon or other cartoons before school, my dad would uh, sit down with my brother and sisters. We'd be kneeling around the bed, and then he'd take us through a daily devotional each morning. It took about 25 minutes, and we would do that. That was his way of bringing us to Jesus so that he would send us to school with our minds set on Christ and with the blessing of God upon our lives. Now, I, I don't do that. We do other things. I, I pray with my kids as we're driving to school, and, and we do other things. But if you're a parent that's watching this, I encourage you to have a practice that works for you and your family of bringing your children to Jesus regularly. Find out something that works with your uh, spirituality, with your tradition, but you need something where you're regularly bringing them to Jesus. I'll offer a practice that Richard Foster uh, recommended in one of his books. He advised parents to regularly go in their children's rooms, either when they're sleeping or when they're not there, lay hands on the bed and pray that God would heal any hidden trauma that the child is experiencing or any known trauma that the child is experiencing. Pray that God would rebuke the devourer for their sake and pray that God would command his blessing upon their life. Now, you know, sometimes people view prayers like this or devotions like this and say, you know, nothing's really happening or it's just having a, an effect on your, your mind, but it doesn't really have anything to do with real life. My response to that is you have no idea what's happening when you pray. When we get to peek behind the curtain, I think one day we'll discover that so many things happen because we prayed. And then we will wish that we prayed more when we understand how powerful prayer is. So prioritize, if you're a parent, prioritize bringing your children to Jesus through some sort of practice, through prayer, through devotion together. It doesn't have to be long, but it has to be something. When these children were brought to Jesus in this passage, they didn't stay with him for a long time. Each child was just laid on his lap. He placed his hands on their head. He said a blessing and sent them on their way. Yours can be that short too. What about if you're a student? Well, if you're a student, especially one of the older students of the age of confirmation, you can regularly present yourself to Jesus. What Paul says in Romans chapter 12 applies to you as well. I beseech you, therefore, brothers and sisters and students, that includes you, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So you can have your own practice of presenting yourself to God, presenting yourself to Christ to receive a blessing from Christ and to invite Christ to be present with you as you're going through math, 
and science, meeting your friends, interacting with strangers and teachers, playing sports. You can invite the Holy Spirit to be present with you to help you do those things the way that Jesus would do those things if he were you. And most importantly, I think, and now I'm going to talk to the teachers and administrators and other people who are working uh, with uh, students in the building. You can also bring children to Jesus. Now, I know there's the rules about not praying in school and stuff like that. Those rules just talk about uh, kind of having an organized prayer. Those rules don't prevent anybody from praying over the space or silently praying over a person uh, that's walking around. I highly recommend that all teachers, all administrators, if you have space that children are going to be in on a regular basis, pray over the space. Lay your hands on each desk that a child's going to be sitting at and pray over it because you have no idea what these children are coming from, what uh, is impacting their lives, what's in their mental space, what's happening spiritually, and who knows what will happen when you pray and ask God to be present in the places where they're supposed to be learning. Who knows how the Spirit might encounter them and deliver them and help them to be free to learn and to be free to become the kinds of people that God wants them to be. Those are all ways that we can bring our, our students, our children to Jesus to receive a blessing from him. And, you know, just acknowledging the fact that we live in a, a world that where schools have become a place of fear. Kids are practicing things in light of the fact that um, we're now aware of a phenomenon of school shooting and things like that, and it fills us with anxiety. We don't want that to happen. I'm not saying that if you pray, that will never happen, but I'm saying that if we do pray and we do invite the presence of God uh, to be at work in our schools and in the lives of our students, then that's just, that's just creating another avenue whereby healing can take place and where we can invite God's spirit to be present in those atmospheres. And like I said, we don't know what will happen when we invite God to be present, but we do know that where God is invited, God can do work. So present your children to Jesus. If you're a student, present yourself to Jesus. Trust that God will be with you as you do the work that God has called you to do and you'll experience his peace and his abiding presence with you uh, throughout your daily uh, activities. Let me say a prayer for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for schools. I thank you for teachers. I thank you for administrators. Thank you for parents. Uh, most, most of all, I thank you for students, Lord. Um, I pray, God, that everyone who's watching this video, that their children would be filled with peace I speak Isaiah 54, 13 over them. All my children, all of our children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. By the power of your Holy Spirit, enter their homes, enter their bedrooms, enter their classrooms and be present there. I rebuke the evil one who seeks to do damage, who seeks to warp their minds, who seek to keep them from learning, to keep them from entering to, into the lives that you have for them. I rebuke him and I invite your Holy Spirit to be present instead. Push back the darkness and bring forth light so that as students leave their homes and go into classrooms, that they can enter into places that are filled with your peace. I pray for the teachers that you would give them words, that you would prosper the work of their hands, that you would enable them to teach in such a way that the students can learn. 
and let our schools be a haven of safety and peace, an environment where learning can take place, O oh Lord. And I pray for the parents who are sending their kids back to school. Help them, O oh Lord, to give them the wisdom to, um, to bring forth the kind of practices where they're regularly bringing their kids before your son, Jesus Christ. Let his life and his peace and his presence be our portion forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, thanks again for watching. I hope this was helpful to you. If it was and you think it might be helpful to someone else, then uh, please share it with them. Please uh, subscribe to this podcast and uh, so that you can uh, be aware of future episodes that are being released. I usually make videos Monday through Friday. So listen, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless your children. Uh, God bless you as you begin this school year.